you ever had a goal that just seemed impossible? If so, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Notable Peeps podcast, a series that gives attention to remarkable people who are putting on their shoes, doing their best, and believing in the impossible. All my dreams are coming true. Hello. Hey, Paige. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. You have a cute accent. Yeah, I have that good Alabama accent. Oh, you're from (laughs) Alabama. Love it. I am. I am. So I'm just going to do the introduction and we'll just go from there. Hey, hey, you're listening to the Notable Poops podcast. My name's Steph, and today I am with Paige Tanner, and Paige is going to tell us a little bit about her story. So we've been, like, talking back and forth for a couple months now. (laughs) I know. I feel like it's been, like, almost a year. Yeah, and I don't know how we connected. Was it Instagram? Is that, like, did we just become Instagram friends? I think we were just Instagram friends. Like, we're, like, thousands of miles away from each other, and I think we may have found one another maybe through a hashtag on Instagram or something. I think we have some running experience in common, and I'm pretty sure that's how we found one another. <laughs> that's what I love about Instagram, just the, the friendships. Because I'm in Utah, and you said that you, – are you in Alabama still? I'm, or? In, I'm in Alabama, yes. I'm yeah. still in Alabama. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Instagram, for bringing us together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Paige, do you want to just start by giving a little bit of, of background and tell us a little bit about your passion and love for music? Sure. So um, passion and love for music has been in me since the day I can remember, since the day I was born. Music was always around me. I grew up in church, and very early on, my family realized that singing was something that I just absolutely never stopped doing ever (laughs) so at the very young age of six they started throwing me up on a platform singing in church and I just absolutely fell in love with singing and I guess my biggest passion was leading people in the congregation to the heart of the Lord started listening to music and as a very early on as a child and I love when a song just pulls me in through the lyrics. Even the lyrics and the beat, all of it, I love when a song just you know pulls me in. Ever since I was a child, worship music had a huge tug on my heart. I love worshiping at home, in the church, in the car. Didn't matter where I was, I always loved it. And like I said, my family noticed at a very young age how passionate I was about it and started putting the mic in front of me <laughs> very early on at the age of six. And I started singing on our worship team and just fell in love with leading people into worship. Um, my desire has always been to influence and lead people into a raw presence of God through the power of music. I'm certainly not a professional at any of it, <laughs> playing, singing, but I do always ask the Lord, people see and hear pureness from my heart when I open my mouth to sing. Growing up, I had the idea, I liked the idea of writing music, and it seemed like a great idea, but it was pretty pretty intimidating. Um, I never thought I could actually create something good enough for people to want to hear, you know, want to listen to. And so I would always just write stuff down and hone things into my phone, you know, when technology became a bigger thing and just kind of stuck it in the back of my mind or, you know, in the back of the folder and, you know, wouldn't even acknowledge that I even did that. And sometimes I would even do worse things. I would, you know, throw it away. Um, As a child, when I started 
singing worship music in church, I knew it was something that I didn't ever not want to do. And not necessarily on a platform, but even at home or, you know, just in my daily life. I truly just, just love it. I love the way music speaks to me. I love the way the Lord speaks to me through music. So. Oh, I'm not someone that's musically talented, but like what you're talking about, about being in church and, and worshiping, and I just feel like musical numbers are so powerful just to have that time. It's quiet, and people are listening to whatever lyrics are being sung, and so, yeah, there's definitely a huge power in music, and so your family, they started you singing at, at a young age, and so growing up, were you sort of known as, like, the girl with the good voice? <laughs> Growing up, I was sort of known as the preacher's kid, the granddaughter's kid, and yes, the girl who got to sing on the platform at the very young age of six. So um, <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine how growing up with all of those titles was so much fun. No, I really, I wouldn't trade it for anything. It has brought me to where I am today. And yeah, I carried a lot of little titles, I guess, back in my day. <laughs> Well, and um, Preacher's Daughter, that's a pretty big title to carry, so. Yeah, yeah, I think some people think that stands for perfect kid. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) Well, so in talking about, you add your love for music, but then I want to transition a little bit because I feel like music and sort of your life struggles have sort of gone hand in hand. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about your health issues back in 2016? A little over two years ago, um, I'd had some um, gut health issues that we weren't really sure where it was stemming from. I had several tests ran, and doctors at first told me, oh, you just have some acid reflux, and put me on medicine, and things were still just not going well at all. As time went on, I did more tests, and it come back that I had a bacteria in my intestine called C. diff. And if anyone knows anything about that bacteria, it's very nasty and it can do some major damage to your intestines. So over a course of like two or three months and two treatments um, after relapsing, because I treated it and then a couple months later came back, I was still having issues. And so finally, they had all of that was taken care of. Everything was going smoothly. My gut was feeling better but I was still having some other issues that were female-related. And because everything was females, everything is so close together, I couldn't tell if I was having GI issues or female-related issues. And so I went and saw my female doctor, and he said, I think you might have endometriosis. We knew growing up as a teenager that I had some issues, and, you know, they treated me with birth control and that sort of thing. And everything had been fine. And up until two years ago, I had not had any issues with any female problems. And so when he told me that, I was like, well, what are we going to do? Because obviously I've been on birth control for this amount of time and it's done fine. And all of a sudden, now it's not working. And so he said, well, there's a small procedure we can do, make a very tiny incision. We go in and we see where the endometriosis is at and we simply remove it. And I thought, my first thought was, uh, yeah, like, who wouldn't want to do that? I was living in pain, like, literally almost every single day of my life. And so I was like, uh, yeah, where do I sign up to do this? <laughs> um, and I came home and talked to my husband, and he was like, yeah, you know, let's do this. You know, you're miserable, and you're hurting all the time. Let's, let's do it. 
And so I did, and I went in, had a very simple outpatient surgery. I came out of the surgery and was sent home. You know, everything seemed fine. I was feeling fine. Um, the next day, I received a phone call from my doctor checking on me. And um, he said, I need you to meet me at my office in an hour. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? That's like, not today? scary at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, what did y'all find? <laughs> and so we went to his office. And he sat us down and he said, you have a very small pinhole perforation in your bowel. Mm. And he said it happened during the surgery. Evidently, where the endometriosis was at on my uterus, it was also attached to my bowels. And when he pulled it off of my uterus, it left the perforation in my in my bowel, the, the, the endometriosis had actually already punctured through my bowel. That's why I was still having some of the other issues where I couldn't tell if it was GI-related or female-related. It was because the endometriosis had actually already punctured through my bowel. So when I took it off my uterus, unknowing to them, it also came off of my bowel at the same time because the piece was, it was all one piece going, stretching from my uterus all the way to my bowel. So when he pulled it off, it, it left a pinhole size. Um, mm. preparation. So he said, you look 25 minutes from the hospital. I need to put you in. You're young and healthy. You know, you, you should be fine. It'll probably wall itself off over the next 24 hours, but I don't want you, you know, 25 minutes from the hospital. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I felt fine. I had gotten up that morning. I had my coffee. I had eaten breakfast. was feeling great. Um, I was like, there's no way like that something bad is going to happen because like I feel too good right now for anything to go wrong. So they put me in the hospital. So by midnight that night, my bowels actually started backing up into my abdomen. Oh, um, that sounds painful. Yeah. yeah, it was very, very painful. As I was laying in the hospital bed, I remember like looking down at my gut and I looked probably like four months pregnant. Oh, and really? Yeah, and so that's when they called the surgeon in. He came in and said, um, I'm going to have to go in, cut you open, and give you a colostomy bag. And here I was. I was like, what is a colostomy bag? I didn't even know what a colostomy bag was at that moment. And I was like, well, I don't want a colostomy bag. I quickly, like, Googled what a colostomy bag was. I only know what it is because I used to work with the elderly. So. <laughs> yeah. And when I said that, he looked at me and he said, I'm just going to try to save your life. When he said that to me, I went, okay, you can give me whatever kind of bag you want me to give me. <laughs> they put me in surgery and they washed my stomach out with nine liters of sterile water. I woke up with a colostomy bag, I woke up with a drain bag and all of the kind of tubes and IVs coming out of places I didn't even know you could put. I remember waking up going, what just happened? Like, what what on earth just happened to me? Like, I, I went from literally two days before the very first surgery. I think I went out and ran, like, five miles that day. And I literally watched myself just go from what I thought was a fairly healthy, you know, at the time, 26-year-old girl to... You know, I laid in the bed for eight days with five of those days I had no food, no water. And 
um, watched all of my hard triathlon years <laughs> deteriorate right before my very eyes. Oh, that's hard. <laughs> but I do remember in those moments, um, I just remember the still voice of the Lord, just as bad as all of it seemed, it was still could have been way worse. Um, I had phenomenal doctors, phenomenal um, nurse teams that took great care of me. And I just kept thinking, Lord, like, what if my doctor wouldn't have called me? What if he wouldn't have said, hey, this happened? You know, this is what happened. I could have been at home and felt like everything was perfectly fine and, you know, been at home and went to sleep that night and possibly not have woken up the next morning. There was just so many things that I had to choose at that time whether I was going to um, let myself get bitter or just know that none of it took God by surprise. The Lord didn't cause any of the things of those things to happen to me, but at the same time, He knew they were going to happen long before they ever happened. And so, to me, I had to choose. You know what? None of this is shocking God. He's not surprised by any of this. And I have to choose not to be bitter in the middle of this and get upset about it. Um, and so that's what I did. It was hard, but that's what I did. And I remember coming home from the hospital and I'd have family and friends over. People, of course, bringing us food and coming to check on me. And I remember there was one specific night where everyone left and for the first week or so, my husband like basically like had to like really take care of me. Um, and pretty much do everything for me because I, you know, just, just was in total shock. Didn't really know what had happened. Um, I remember one night everyone left and I think my husband stepped into the bedroom and I remember just sitting in my living room and I remember I just started like thanking the Lord for my life and thanking him for, you know, for saving my life and everything that he had done for me. And I just felt the still small voice of the Lord in that moment to say to me, I've got you. I'm going to take care of you. You're going to be okay. And I'll never forget that moment. It was like the sweetest and just the most precious moment to me to hear the Lord say that. And it's like, you know what? The Lord really does care about me. He cares about what we care about and he cares about us. And so that for me was um, that moment I knew I was like, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to get through this. All this is going to be okay. And and it was. Well, I just wanted to go back really quick to something that you had said. You talked about how you were like, you made a choice to not be bitter. And that even though God knew about this, I think that sometimes in situations, it's easy to be like, God, why are you punishing me? Or like be frustrated <laughs> in that way. And I really like your example of, yes, he's an all-knowing God, but that that you had that choice of being like, hey, I'm not going to be bitter about this, like, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, I'm, for the most part, I'm a very happy-go-lucky type person. Um, I like making people smile, I like making people laugh. That's how I've been my entire life. And so the thought of being, like, this doom and gloom, like, oh, pity me because of, you know, what's happened to me, I was like, I, I can't do that. I can't do that for for multiple reasons for myself, and I didn't want to be that way around other people. During all of that time, I drew really close to the Lord um, because that's what I had to cling to. And I just got in His Word and just, you know, spoke His Word over me every single day and would read Psalms, you know, all the time. And in one of the Psalms in 139, 
he talks about how he saw me, he saw us before we were born. And so I just kept reading that over myself and speaking that over myself, like, okay, God, you really, you're, you're not shocked by any of this. My, all of my days were laid out every moment, every single day. You knew exactly what was going to happen before it ever happened. And, you know, sometimes I think he brings us to those places where we have to draw near to him. It's like I said, like he didn't call, but it seems to happen, but he knew it was going to happen. And I had to choose to draw near to him. You know, the word also says that if you draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. So it's like, he'll meet you exactly where you're at. And so that was just a choice that I had to make. Like, okay, I'm here. I'm going to, I'm going to draw near to you. And so you can draw near to me. Just meet you where I'm at. Or like, you're not shocked by this. You're not surprised by this. And that's exactly what he did. So, so grateful for that. Yeah, that that choice that you said, I think that that's just key. And so, I mean, in talking about this, you've had these health struggles and they've continued throughout the yeah. years, right? Yeah, they did. 2016 was like a complete whirlwind. Um, after having all of that done, in the middle of all of that, um, I went from being a very athletic, very athletic involved person for before any of the, before any surgery or anything like that even started, any of the health issues started, I was doing a triathlon probably once or twice a month. Oh man. Yeah. Not, I mean, you know, not during off season, like we didn't, we didn't go anywhere when it was freezing cold or anything like that. But during yeah. tri season, like the typical April to October, we were probably racing anywhere from one to two times a month. So, you know, awesome. if you're racing that, yeah, if you're racing that much, you're also, you know, training a lot. I mean, I was putting 15, sometimes 17 hours in a week of, of training. So, yeah, I went from, from doing that to all that happening in 2016 and being laid up in a, in a bed for so long. And not even, I mean, I wasn't even like bedridden or anything. I mean, I could walk and move around and stuff once the colostomy and everything was healing and then I could reversal. But I went from being like this super like crazy, like doing a triathlon once a month to like doing nothing. And so when that happened, I had two vertebrae in my back collapse um, mm-hmm. that caused me to have a herniated disc, which was causing pain to run down my legs. And like I mentioned before, I worked for a dentist and the way you sit in a dental chair all day long was also causing several issues. So it was like, between that and then not exercising like I was before, everything just kind of went haywire and the herniated discs were sending pain down my leg. Yeah, it was kind of a whirlwind because it was like, really? Like, I just went through all of this other stuff and now I'm dealing with these back issues. <laughs> like, what the heck? What, what's going on here? Trusting the Lord <laughs> to help me find a doctor who could treat, treat you know, my, my issues. But yeah, the Lord really helped me in that area too. <laughs> Like, I love the, your whole focus, you know, you always bring the Lord back in. And so I want to transition to your music. So you talked about how growing up, you know, you love singing. So how did the the process for writing your album come about? During all of my insane year of 2016, um, when I was, you know, really making the choice to draw near to the Lord and not let what was happening around me uh, become bitter or angry. <laughs> mm-hmm. During that time when I was dealing with everything, I really felt the Lord 
tugging on my heart to just write my music down. And um, I think I've always written music. Even as a child, I can remember writing little, you know, ditties and, you know, just being silly. But I think I've always, you know, been writing music in my head. I just never put the pen to the paper. Um, And when all this happened, you know what? I'm not going to be afraid to do this anymore. I'm not going to be afraid to write something down that I feel like the Lord's given me. I'm going to stop worrying about what people, if people want to hear it or not. And I just got to a place where it was like, even if no one wants to hear it, that's okay. Because if the Lord's put it in me, then he wants to hear it. So even if it's just to him, then that's, <laughs> then that's good enough. And in the middle of all that, I started writing the music down. And at the time, I was the worship leader at our church. And we had someone come in who comes usually once or twice a year. And he's three, maybe four albums, I believe. He's, you know, does some Southern gospel stuff. And his good friends was with our family. And he had heard me sing several times. And we all had dinner together after church that day. And he came up to me and he said, you sounded really great this morning when you, you know, when you guys were leading worship. He's like, it sounded really good. He said, have you ever thought about recording an album? And I'm like, uh, yeah, of course I have, but <laughs> I have no idea who to contact. Like, I'm here in, on the Gulf Coast in Alabama, and, you know, I have no idea who to contact. And he said, well, I have a friend of mine who's a producer. He produced one of my albums for me. I would love for you to get in touch with him. I was like, wow, okay, this, this, sounds, this sounds really cool. And so I kind of just shrugged it off, maybe. Like, like, okay, yeah, he's joking. Like, he really doesn't think I should record an album. Like, he's just been super nice to me today. And then I remember coming home and just I looked at some of my music that I had written and I remember coming home and thinking, this is a really cool opportunity. Like, why would I not take this opportunity? This would be really stupid not to take this opportunity. And so I did. And we, I got in touch with his producer. And um, the guy, the producer had never heard me sing before. So he was very trusting of his friend who told him <laughs> <laughs> that I should record an album. The only thing he had to, 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 to know that I could even sing was, Facebook and Instagram videos, which, you know, they're decent quality, but, you know, it's not like hearing someone on an album. Mm-hmm. So we chatted and I was like, man, okay, well, let's do it. And so we did, we started the process. It freaked me out at first because he told me how much money it was going to cost to do it. And I was like, okay, wow, yeah, never mind. I'm really not supposed to do this now. And he's like, whoa, 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 hold up. He's like, I really would love to see you do this. And he said, I think you could raise the money to do it. And I'm like, well, how am I going to raise the money to do this? Like, what am I going to do? Like, put on a show? Like, I don't have a band, you know? I don't, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? And um, he said, do a GoFundMe. I was like, I cannot do a GoFundMe. My husband and I have two full-time jobs. And we work, and I was like, doing a GoFundMe just seems 
irrational. I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. I can't ask people <laughs> to give money to me, to me for this album. I was like, I can't do it. And so I was really struggling. And he was like, well, I think you should do it. He's like, people do it all the time. And I'm like, they do? <laughs> he's like, yeah. And so I was talking to a couple of my friends and one of the girls, she said to me, she said, you know, God gifted you with the ability to play and sing music. And she said, I know you're struggling with wanting to ask people to give, you know, to fund you to do something um, that seems like you should be able to just pay out on your own. She said, however, she said, the Lord also gives other people the gift of benevolence and giving to others. And when she said that, I just kind of thought about it. And I was like, you know, this opportunity just basically like fell in my lap. It was not something that was thought out. Um, it just sort of happened. And I was like, you know what? She's right. And I was like, even if I just put the GoFundMe out there and nothing happens, then okay, nothing happens. But what if I do and something does happen and then we raise the money for it? And so I did it like a week later and um, the asking goal was, I think, $6,500. And in less than six months, it was like four and a half months, I'd reached over my goal. To, to raise money for the album. And I was completely, completely shocked and completely thrown back. I was like, wow, I cannot believe that this just happened. <laughs> so yeah, the very thing that I was afraid to do, that I was afraid that people weren't going to support me in, I had some of the biggest supporters helping fund me financially to be able to do this incredible thing that I've wanted to do my entire life. So I think that was just, the Lord again, trying just showing me like, Hey, I do care about you. I care about what you care about and I'm going to make this happen for you. And he did. You know, what I love about that is you're like, well, what if, what if this works out? Because I, that, that really is the scary thing sometimes of being like, well, what if I fell? But even more like, well, what if it works? Like, ah! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and I think with singing, I mean, just like anything, you're you're being vulnerable. You're putting yourself out there. You're sharing these lyrics that you've written. Yeah, it can be totally. scary. <laughs> yeah, completely scary. Your album, did it? Has it come out? Are you guys still in the process? We actually finished recording um, back in March. Woo! <laughs> I know, and I guess. I need to mention along the way with all the crazy health issues I was having during 2016, my doctor glanced at me one day when he came in to check on me. He was like, so yeah, you know, endometriosis can come back. It is something that can make it come back. And if you guys are planning on having children, you have about a two-year time frame. And I was like, wait a minute, what? At the time, we've been married like seven years. We thought we were living a dream, doing triathlons every other weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it wasn't like never having children. It was just one of those conversations like, oh, well, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And then when he said that to me that day, we were both like, what? <laughs> we have two years. <laughs> like, what? And so, yeah, I'm having a baby. It's like literally like within 10 to 14 days, I should be having a baby now. <laughs> I didn't know that you were pregnant. 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm nine months pregnant right now, but any day now. Um, well, I'm glad that you didn't go into labor with this podcast. <laughs> you are the first pregnant lady I've interviewed that's nine months pregnant. No signs of the baby coming today or tonight. <laughs> but yeah, so we're having a baby and we're super excited about it. It's a little boy and his name will be Roman. That's just another miracle that happened all in the process of everything that's been going on. So, like, 2016 and 2017 and all of this year have just been miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle of just the Lord just showing, like, hey, I'm going to, I'm you, know, you just put your trust in me, you put your faith in me, and I'm going to do this for you. And he has, and you know, I'm just so grateful for it. But I think I got us off subject. What we're talking hey, about you, you, you're fine. <laughs> I got excited for you that you have a little boy. So a little boy, Roman. That's cute. So when is your album coming out? The album will be out in July. And what's the name of your album? Kingdom Come is the name of my album. Kingdom Come. And do you have a favorite song on it? Or is that like saying, what's your favorite child? I mean, Roman will be your favorite child right now. But. There's one song that I wrote called So Come, and it's probably one of my favorites, and it's not necessarily, like, maybe the greatest lyrically or, you know, anything like that. But I wrote it, um, we were on vacation in September, actually, out in Colorado, so we were sort of close to where you're at. Oh, yeah. And, Rockies. <laughs> um, Yes, and um, my husband went out that morning, one morning when we, we were on vacation to do some mountain biking, and I stayed back at the little condo we were running, and I was like, no, I'm just going to go sit out here on this porch and enjoy the mountains and, like, all of its beauty, and as I was sitting there, just this tune came to mind, and what was so crazy is that typically when I write a song, you know, I have like some form of an instrument in front of me, like a guitar or a piano or something, you know, to kind of like be like, where's the song going to go as far as like uh -huh. key range? And being there, I had nothing. It was just me humming a tune and throwing some lyrics down. And I think for me, that's probably one of my favorite songs. And maybe because of where I was at, I was in Crested Butte, Colorado, enjoying my cup of coffee early that morning. And part of the song, it says, let heaven come and fill this place around us with your love. Let your freedom come and break the chains from the sin that has no hold. Let the spirit of the sovereign Lord come reign in this place, Lord, come. And to me, those few lines, I feel like, you know, during a worship setting, they can totally be just a game changer. Um, just declaring and asking the Lord to come have his way over yourself and over, you know, whatever circumstance, whatever situation you're in in that moment. Today's culture of always being politically correct, people are sort of afraid to be like, you know, 
God's helped me or whatever. And I just loved hearing you talk so much about the Lord and so much about your faith. Faith to me is what gives me the motivation to to keep on going to like this podcast talks about to believe in the impossible you know like you were struggling with these health issues but in the midst of that you you met this guy who was like hey you should do this song and even though it would have been e- or this album and even though it would have been easy to be like um no that's flipping scary but you did it <laughs> and you wrote these songs and now your album's coming out and yeah and and now you'll be able to have more opportunity to share your your faith and your testimony through your music. And, you know, there was every opportunity to say no. I could have let negative words from people creep in and try to tell me, you know, maybe you shouldn't do this. And, you know, the more I thought about it and the more I prayed about it, I just felt like, you know, why not do this? Why would I pass up this opportunity even if it's something that I only do one time, this is an incredible opportunity to do. And it's something I've always wanted to do. And even if it doesn't go outside of the region of where I'm from and the small town of Alabama, even if it doesn't reach beyond that, like that's okay. I just, you know, I didn't want to be 80 years old looking back and going like, man, I really had this incredible opportunity one time, but I didn't take it. <laughs> I really wanted to just jump in and, you know, not let fear stop me. And so that's what I did. And now I'm so thankful that I did it. And I'm super excited about it. I feel like that's a a great way to end. Thank you so much for being an example of faith and for sharing more about this album. As you've been listening, there's been a song playing in the background, and that is the song that she is talking about, So Come. And I've absolutely loved that song. And I've bought it, and so if you love hearing Paige's voice, go get her album, Kingdom Come, and you can get it on iTunes, Spotify, and I'll have other links at NotablePeeps.com. So thanks so much for listening, guys, and remember to put on your shoes, do your best, and believe in the impossible. Thanks so much for pushing play and listening to this episode. For more information about today's guests or to submit a nomination for a remarkable person that you would like to hear interviewed, head on over to NotablePeeps.com. All my dreams are coming. All my dreams are humming.